Hey everyone, it's Jonathan. Welcome back to iHeartMovies, or every version ever, where I think I'm going to be releasing this as a bonus episode. Or, if you're watching on YouTube, welcome back to Wonderland Wednesday, the original series on my channel. I guess I'm just releasing this one everywhere because this episode is kind of a big deal to me. I'm talking with Jenna West, aka Phantomwise, the person who, unbeknownst to her at the time, was kind of a big part of the reason my channel went in the direction it did. And in a way, she's kind of indirectly or in some ways maybe even directly responsible for a lot of my early content. Back when I was first starting out on YouTube, I started Wonderland Wednesday as a way to find and review a bunch of different versions of Alice in Wonderland. My friend Rachel Wagner had suggested I review the 2010 Tim Burton film because I liked it, she didn't, and she thought it would be a good idea for me to talk about what I liked about it. And I liked that idea, but I thought I'd expand it into a miniseries because I'd always liked the story of Alice in Wonderland, and I knew there were quite a few versions out there, but I'd only seen a handful, and I thought it'd be fun to find some more and review those two, and at first I figured it'd just be a project that would last a few months and that'd be it. But at some point in there, I discovered Jenna's blog, Still She Haunts Me Phantomwise, on Tumblr, and I realized that there were so many more adaptations than I had ever been aware of. Eventually I found her YouTube channel, which had archived a few really old and obscure versions, and at some point we actually got in touch, and I guess the rest is history. So all that to say, I've wanted to have Jenna on my podcast for a long time, and I'm so excited that it's finally happened. This episode is going to be just a conversation portion, we're not actually reviewing any specific versions, but over the next two weeks on every version ever, we're going to be diving into a ton of really obscure versions, and if you're an Alice in Wonderland fan, you're not going to want to miss that. Anyway, I think that's enough for me for now. Let's get on with our conversation on all things Alice in Wonderland and more with Phantomwise. Okay, so I guess to start we could do like general info. You want to let us know a little bit about who you are, what you do, and that kind of thing? Okay, my name's uh, Jenna West. Uh, I'm known as Still She Haunts Me Phantomwise, which is Phantomwise. I have a Tumblr blog that I don't update anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tumblr is toxic. Um, and uh, But anyway, and then I have a YouTube channel, uh, Phantomwise, as well. And um, my partner with Adaptations and uh, boyfriend is Curiouser and Curiouser on YouTube. So I'm, I'm kind of more helping with stuff for his channel. Um, and other than that, I'm kind of known as the Alice adaptation expert, um, <laughs> the collector. Uh, and I guess, like, personally, uh, I work at Disneyland as a day custodian. Um, so I'm really into Disney as well. So, you know, I'm into a lot of children's literature kind of stuff. But mm -hmm. Alice is the true passion. <laughs> <laughs> the one. <laughs> yeah. That was going to be another question I had. Yeah. Like, I know you because... Alice. Yes. <laughs> like that's how I discovered you. I think I found your blog first, or maybe it's the YouTube channel. I don't know. I maybe I found them separately and then put two and two together. That it was the same person. <laughs> but like back when I first started YouTube, your information is like what helped my channel do what I did, like do all the Alice reviews. I found so many things that I don't think I ever would have found without your blog sort of listing out all these obscure versions that nobody's ever heard of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
you know, a lot of it actually, um, you won't believe it, but um, at the time, the thing why Alice is so important to me is it helped me a lot with my depression and getting over my shyness with people. And mm. um, because before that, I used to, I'm actually, I wouldn't have been this talkative before I started Alice and uh, working at Disney that also made me more talkative. But mm -hmm. anyway, um, but uh, so when I got into Alice, it was more of a coping mechanism. And um, I actually would spend all night looking at through Google search and Google images, looking for obscure adaptations because I wanted the most complete list. Everybody else, all the other Tumblr blogs had adaptation lists and I was like, these are not complete. I know they're not. <laughs> so yeah. it was it was this thing about I want the most complete and it just kinda it ended up being a rabbit hole. It's like, oh my gosh, there's so many. Um and there's still a lot out there that we don't know about or that we mm -hmm. don't have access to. So it's it's like it never ends. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. <laughs> In fact, um, we have clips from like one that we're going to talk about later that we don't have the full one for, you know, so that we, you mm. know, it's all these little pieces we're trying to find. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot that I, I probably read about it on your blog that I am interested in seeing, but everything I find says that it doesn't exist anymore. Like especially older ones, there's mm. older silent versions or older TV versions that they just don't exist, which is kind of sad, but. It, it is. Um, Maybe someday it, someone will discover one somewhere. We have, we know of at least one early TV version that was recorded, but it went missing. So mm. maybe one day it'll be recovered. That one is, um, oh darn, it's the 50s one and it has Arthur Treacher, but it's not craft television theater. Um, it's through the crystal ball. That's, I think, 1949. Hmm. Yes. So that one's out there somewhere. We'll find it. <laughs> <laughs> you never know it's amazing things have been found yeah yeah so looping back um you talked about liking other children's literature too so what are some other stories that you really like i really like um when i actually i wasn't really into alice when i was little my big thing was wizard of oz um okay yeah, I was really into, I I wore like the red shoes. Uh, I was in a ballet version of Wizard of Oz as a kid. So I was really into that. I'm not as into Oz as I used to be because um, Oz is a little too utopian for me now. I prefer the chaos of Wonderland. But <laughs> <laughs> this I mean, really, but, uh, but that said, I still love Oz. Um, for instance, one of my favorite movies is Return to Oz by Disney. Um, okay. Yeah, but I love fairy tales. Uh, I like Nutcracker, for instance. That's another one of my favorite kind of stories that I like. I'm not like super obsessive about Alice. You know, like mm -hmm. I don't look up every version of Nutcracker, but I've seen a few. And mm -hmm. um, I like Peter Pan as well, not as much. So I, I've read a lot of children's literature in general as well. <laughs> uh, Anna Green Gables, just to uh, think of a few. Pinocchio. Uh, so mm -hmm. I really love children's literature and the way it speaks to a child. Um, and I love reading that kind of stuff to kids as well. Winnie the Pooh is another one. I can't believe I almost forgot that one. Madeline. So it's like, it's so much fun just to read it with a kid. And then they're just like, they just like open up and mm -hmm. uh, 
I don't know, there's just something very magical about telling stories to children, which is something I think Lewis Carroll really, um, really also felt, especially in the Alice book, he specifically talks to the audience, like he's talking to the kids, mm. like he's telling them the story. So um, there's something very magical about children's literature. So it's always appealed to me. Okay. <laughs> it sounds like we have some crossover interests, because I really like a lot of that stuff, too. Yeah. I, I don't know that I would count like all the classic literature as children's books. But when I was a kid, I had abridged versions of a lot of classic literature. So it was all kind of lumped together for me. And now that I'm older and I'm discovering that so many of these books have been made into movies many times, I'm just really curious as to see how different people put their own spin on the story. Yes. And it started with Alice when I started this series. But after a while, I started realizing that it was more than just Alice that had been made so many times. And that's why I eventually turned the Alice series into this podcast. Yeah. Just because I, I really like the idea of seeing all these different stories that I love just interpreted in different ways. It's just really interesting to me. It's fascinating. Like mm -hmm. how someone could take the same source material, see something totally different in it. Yeah. Because um, I had a lot of people like, why are you so into this? <laughs> <laughs> why do you collect different versions and it's like hey there's like a you know a gothic version you know the cartoon ver you know you could go any direction um mm -hmm. and it's not just alice though alice of course lends itself very well to that mm -hmm. but you could do all sorts of things like i found out that there was a steampunk uh secret garden from your channel though i, mm -hmm. I still need to watch it <laughs> and i and I'm like, I want a steampunk Alice now. Hello. Yeah, you know? really. <laughs> I, think, I don't remember if that was something we mentioned to my cousin and I when we were re reviewing it. was like, there should be a steampunk Alice. Uh, there should. <laughs> it just yeah. seems like the perfect story that would, that would lend itself to. Yeah. It, actually, there should be steampunk everything. Yeah. Um, <laughs> st steampunk Peter Pan would be cool. I don't know if that's yeah, been no. done. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so it's it's so interesting to see how people different people take different looks at these stories and it makes it all brand new again. Mm -hmm. So do you have like a favorite version of Alice? Oh man, that's like asking if I have a favorite child, but I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> it is because even the really bad ones I'll have a fondness for. There's only a few where I could really say I hate them and I, I, it's really hard for me to watch. Like I can't watch the 2010 uh, animation one. That's, not Burton, yeah. the one, yeah, that one's really hard for me to watch. I still haven't sat through it. Um, <laughs> opera's hard for me to watch. But anyway, my favorite ones, completely, I'm very fond of the Disney one because that was my first one, and that one led to me reading the book, mm -hmm. um, which I then fell in love with, and yada, yada. So um, it's not my favorite Alice anymore. I'm sorry, Disney. Um, <laughs> my favorite one completely 100 1972 i love it if i could marry a movie i'd marry it joking <laughs> <laughs> but um that's the one i love it um i love like um getting merch for i collect stuff for that one. Oh, i have a really rare doll for that one would you like to see it sure you might have to edit this i'm sorry but um it'll be worth it she's really really rare um this is the most expensive thing i've ever gotten um, she's from 1972. I restored her actually. She was all dirty. Mm. And um, inside she has a record player. So um, I don't know if I have the records with me. I think they're in storage right now for safekeeping. But um, I do have recordings of the record. Um, <laughs> but she, she has a record player and it still works. I actually got her cheap because the person didn't know that the records player still worked. 
Hmm. Um, and it was like special recordings of Fiona Fullerton telling the story and singing the songs. Um, fortunately, it's not like the recordings aren't as great as, you know, they probably were back then. Mm-hmm. But anyway, like, this is a very expensive doll. <laughs> <laughs> Look at her 70s eyebrow. She looks so pistol. <laughs> <laughs> I love her anyway. <laughs> I also don't know why they made her blonde, but um, well, I was, actually, I was trying to remember was she blonde in the movie? I don't remember. No, her being she's she's a she's a brunette, and even yeah, on the pictures on the box, I don't have the box because I'm not that insane. But <laughs> 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 I have I have boundaries, um, but uh, even on the box, she's a brunette, like female Fullerton. So mm-hmm. I think what happened was they just. This is actually, um, it's from a company called Palatoy that made, they made a lot of action figures in uh, Britain at the time. So I think they made like Doctor Who action figures as well. Mm. They're more known for that than their dolls. Um, oh, she also walks. So that's kind of cool. But um, so she was like a model, like a doll model they already had before the movie came out. So I think they just kind of took her and just like, just make it Alice, whatever. <laughs> um she's blonde whatever um but still yeah it is really cool they got fiona fullerton to record special stuff for her mm-hmm. so that one's my favorite movie um and then i also have a fondness for the 1992 show adventures in wonderland as well um is that the disney channel yes it is okay i i vaguely remember that from when i was young i don't think i ever watched it because we didn't have a disney channel but it's in the back of my head so i'm pretty sure i saw it Probably at my grandparents' house or something. But I remember the show. I recommend that. Um, it's not like a great Alice adaptation at all. Because obviously it's a TV show with just like the characters. But mm-hmm. I think they take... Um, one of the people who worked on it was a big Lewis Carroll fan. So they took a lot of care into... And like sometimes they'll spot little Carol, Carolian things hidden throughout it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the cast is great. Uh so yeah, I, I highly recommend that, and uh, you should check out the outtakes if you do because um, they're pretty cool. <laughs> you yeah, see all these child-friendly the characters my... swearing. <laughs> <laughs> that one's in the back of my head as something to do in the future, so I'll keep that yeah. in mind. Anyway, so those are my favorites. Um, okay. So beyond Alice, do you have any other favorite movies? I mentioned Return to Oz earlier. That one's a really huge one for me i love that one um i also love um hunchback in notre dame the disney one okay what's the year my uh 1996 i don't remember i was gonna um, say 98 but i'm i might be off i, I don't remember it was milan here i am the I, disney think fan. Right. I think you're yeah. right um well that and i remember being really young for that and the uh, the whole i remember the the big uh all the merchandise for hunchback and it's my mm-hmm. favorite movie, and Asmerelda was my favorite princess. I didn't care that she wasn't a princess. She was my favorite one. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, and that one I'm still very fond of. I actually uh, watched that like a year ago with um, my boyfriend, and I quoted like the whole movie from heart. <laughs> <laughs> um, he said he was oppressed, you know, but... <laughs> um, other than that, I have like secondary favorites i like i like a lot of kids media as well um like i i like nutcracker prince 1990 uh princess and the god in 1993 um babes in toyland 1986 you know so 
a lot of the older nostalgia kids media. I'm trying to think of an adult movie I like, but I swear I like adult movies too. <laughs> but my, my favorites tend, I do tend to focus on like animation. Um, mm-hmm. His animation, uh, I used, I used to want to be an animator. So it's, mm-hmm. I don't want to be anymore, but it is still very close to my heart. Yeah. Um, yeah. And of course, you know, you, I see a movie and I'm like, Oh, that's a great movie. I love that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Who Frank Roger Rabbit. That's another good one. That I really, really like, I like Disney movies in general as well. Um, my goodness. Uh, adult movies. I like horror stuff. Um, <laughs> children's media horror. Um, so, but, um, but more classic horror. Like I like, uh, 19, 1925 Phantom of the Opera, the more silent classics. Um, okay. And then uh, I like Alfred Hitchcock, you know, so I'm kind of all over the place, but mostly children's because I don't grow up and <laughs> that's fine. I, I, I get paid not to grow up is what the way I look at. <laughs> I feel like most of my favorites skew younger too, but sometimes you just need an escape from the real world. So that's true. Yeah, <laughs> that is definitely true. And, I think a lot of people who like like Alice and not just Alice but any children's media it's just more of an escape it's not I kind of resent that people are like oh you should grow up and like more adult things and it's like what's the harm in it like the adults make this media in the first Mm -hmm. place and you know another thing about children's media is that it really helps kids like learn lessons and and influences who who they are and I think that's kind of cool I remember like I would try to be brave because Madeline was brave, you know, so it's, <laughs> <laughs> I think people don't give children's media enough credit. Mm-hmm. I think my cousin Sarah would agree with you. That's, she loves that kind of stuff. She loves reading children's books, even though she's much older than a child. <laughs> <laughs> like one of her favorite books is Winnie the Pooh and she'll read it all the time. And Winnie the Pooh is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> she has good taste. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Yeah, I read no, that I once have... to the class, and uh, the kid, there was one kid who was like really into the food. And he's like, "Oh no, it's gonna happen next!" And I was like, "Okay, no, but they don't, they don't know." <laughs> 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 but you know, if, if kids get excited, you know, that's the best part. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I guess that answers the question of what movies I like. And it also kind of answered my other question. Goes again. I was going to ask if you had any like favorite animated movies, but you kind of wrap oh, all that up. Yeah. In there, yeah. That kind of is like what I'm into in general. <laughs> Do you watch any TV shows or is it mostly just movies? Um, I do watch some TV shows. I have to admit, I, I haven't been watching as much as I used to. Um, I watch a lot more YouTube now. Um, <laughs> I, I can relate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, who watches TV anymore in our generations? But, um, I I liked Doctor Who a lot back, mm-hmm. you know, um, sorry, I'm not into the newer Doctor Who. I, I kind of, my love of Doctor Who kind of ends after Russell T. Davies left. Not that I'm saying he was brilliant, but Stephen Moffat tends to have a, oh, you know, everything's kind of the same. <laughs> um, people are going to kill me. I'm sorry, Whovians. Um <laughs> I mean, you're right up there with my friend, Rachel Wagner, because she she doesn't like Stephen Moffat either. And every, everything we've watched that he's had a part in, she hasn't loved. She hasn't watched all of his stuff. Like, she's still... I'm trying to catch her up, because we used to be... Before her 
stuff kind of took off. We were planning on doing like a watch through of all of Doctor Who, and I think she still wants to. But everything she saw of Stephen Moffat, she wasn't a fan of. I think the thing that set her off was Sherlock. She hates season four of Sherlock, which I haven't oh. watched yet because she's she's I don't know if she's poisoned me against it, but I'll watch it eventually. But she says it was horrible, and I oh, haven't no. heard too many people disagreeing with that. I don't but, know if I've seen that one, actually. I've been really behind on Sherlock. It's kind of easy to get behind in a show that doesn't update yeah. that much. It's, it's easy to get behind in any show. <laughs> That's like, true. I used to have shows that I was obsessed with, would never miss. And now even the shows that I really like, I get behind in. <laughs> There's <Yeah>. too many. <laughs> same, same. But yeah, Doctor Who, I, I still like Doctor Who, but I don't love it as much as I did back in the Russell T. Davies era. I love the Russell T. Davies era. <laughs> season yeah. season four is my favorite season of Doctor Who. The, the, the new Who? Four. The new Which Who. Which one's yeah. that? Okay. Donna, um, Donna Noble. Donna Noble. Oh, that was so awesome. It was, I have to admit, I'm a Doctor Who shipper. I know. Horrible. <laughs> but um, I loved, I think everybody loved having a companion that didn't have any romantic ties. Yeah. And, she, and they were just hilarious. best friends. She's I hilarious. Loved her so much. Their chemistry was so great. I'm just yes. like, let's bring, let's bring a companion back on who doesn't care about romance. And yeah. Back, you I, know. As much as I still enjoy the idea of Doctor Who, like I haven't loved the most recent season. I love aspects of them. But, like, as a total package, it did kind of start going downhill after Russell T. Davies left. And I, I don't hate Stephen Moffat. I like a lot of his writing. And I, I love enjoyed... Don't Blink. I love it. Oh, yeah. It's one of my and favorite episodes. I, I enjoyed a lot of things about his run of Doctor Who. I really liked Matt Smith. But it wasn't the same. And the last couple of seasons, I've liked, but I have not loved and yeah i just i'm i'm hoping that someday it'll get better again <laughs> i'm i'm hanging on to hope i'm not going to give up on it cuz i do enjoy things about it still but i do too yeah. um did you see the 50th last time i tuned into doctor who was the 50th um i went to the theater to see that so yeah. oh cool um i didn't know it was at a theater <laughs> it it came to a theater in omaha so i went to that that's neat i don't know if it was like everywhere in theaters but it came to one near enough that I was able to go and see it. Oh my gosh, I forgot to mention the Royal Ballet earlier because I've seen that in the theater for Alice. But, um, oh yeah, that's one that's on my list to watch. I need oh, to you must watch. It's so good. But uh, back... Clips. Oh, it's really good. Uh, but back to Doctor Who. Uh, do you have a favorite Doctor? Um, it's so hard to be, pick. I don't want to be cliche and say David Tennant, but I do like him a lot. My I wouldn't first, blame you. <laughs> my first Doctor is still like high on my list, even though I still haven't seen all of his episodes. I because I would watch Doctor Who back in the '90s when they had replays on PBS. So Sylvester McCoy was like the first Doctor that I ever really liked. Like him and Ace, they were my favorite team. I loved them. I think so it's they're, adorable. They're like high on my list of favorites. Yeah. I need to watch more of Sylvester McCoy. Actually, it seems like he has a really a lot of really good stories in his seasons. I just wish there was a streaming service that would carry them all for us to see easily. Yeah. Netflix is just like pick and choose and it's like, come on. Yeah, I thought um, they were gonna be on HBO Max, but I don't think they're there yet. If they if they are coming to HBO Max, they're not there yet, as far as I know, because I looked. 
I'm going to be a hipster and say my favorite doctor is actually the first doctor. Uh, I don't know. I like grumpy old men who actually secretly <laughs> are soft and grandpas. And, um, and he starts off really rough, but then he like really gets into it. William Hartnell, like mm -hmm. loved playing the doctor. Um, he would have played it forever if he could have. Um, so he's my favorite. But that said, I haven't seen all of them yet. And I was like going in strict order, which, mm. um, and I got bored around the third doctor. <laughs> Sorry, third doctor fans. Um, I should just like jump in with good serials. I know Tom Baker is good, but I haven't seen a lot of his. But I want to see Sylvester McCoy. Uh, I like David Tennant a lot. I like Christopher Eccleston. It's a shame he only did one season. Yeah, definitely. Um, and he's, I wish he came back to do too. the fiftieth. It would have been so good if he did. Yeah. Apparently, the original plan was for him to be in the place of what became the War Doctor. And I would have liked that so much better. Like, no hate to the War Doctor. He was great too, but I I wish it would have been Christopher Eccleston. I would have liked it so much. Yeah, yeah, it's a shame. Um, I did think it was cool that Paul McGann came back to do a, a, a regeneration yeah. scene. Yeah, I like Paul McGann too. Uh, it's too bad he didn't get his own s season. Mm -hmm. um, and yeah. I mean, I I know the TV show, the TV movie is a little, you know. <laughs> But yeah. I like him as the doctor. Uh, it's yeah. very Victorian-esque. Another thing that I wish that they would be able to do is have somewhere where we could listen to all the audio dramas because I know that there was a lot of audio dramas for the Eighth Doctor. Yes. And apparently they're really good, but there's no easy way to listen to them all unless you like buy them all individually. And I'm not really made of money, so... Yeah, yeah that's true. And um, I'm not really made of money either. Hey, there should be like a audio streaming service. I've said that for years. Yeah, it needs to be like an Audible, but everything's everything. yeah, not, not for, just it's books. Not free, but like it's like Netflix for books. Yeah, yeah, subscription. Yeah. yeah, why not? Come on, there's there's a ser streaming service for almost everything now. That's like the one thing that's still missing. Yeah, there needs yeah. to be something like that. Yeah. And that'd be kind of cool too, because then maybe they can bring up like older radio broadcasts that haven't been listened to in, for years, you know, and yeah, probably wouldn't cost them, you know, they might be public domain. So, yeah. Um, so that would be cool actually. Yeah. Somebody needs to get on that. <laughs> Somebody needs to get on that. I come up with a lot of good ideas, but I never do. <laughs> Don't know how to do them. <laughs> and then TV shows still, I also like, Kid TV shows. Uh, my yeah. favorite one was Sophia the First. Unfortunately, it's kind of dead now. I remember <laughs> I forced everyone to watch a clip of Sophia the First in my class <laughs> for a presentation. Um, and that was fun for me. Um, uh, let's see. I, I also like crime shows. Uh, and I like ghost hunting shows. Not because I like ghost stories, not because I actually believe in ghosts, but just because I like the stories. I'm like, mm -hmm. yes, tell it. You know, make it spooky. Um, <laughs> my, you know, spookier the better. I, my favorite one, actually, is a YouTube series called BuzzFeed Unsolved, which I know, BuzzFeed, but it's really, really good. You got the one guy who really believes in the ghost, and you got the, the skeptic guy who doesn't, and they work together, and it's hilarious. Um, <laughs> um, they don't find anything, but it's it's worth it every time just because they're so funny. <laughs> well, yeah. well, the guy who believes thinks he finds stuff, you know. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> every time I've seen any sort of ghost hunting show, they never actually find anything, even though they 
Like, there's always somebody who thinks they found something, but I'm like, did you really? Did you or really? was that just some static on your radio? <laughs> What's also kind of interesting is um, I used to watch Ghost Hunters, which was like, you know, that really big TV show with the guys that were plumbers by day, ghost hunters by night. Um, and quite a few times they actually came across the, like the host of the, like the, the owners of the areas they were going to trying to scam them into believing hmm. there were ghosts. Like they had this um, one restaurant where they went in and the, the restroom was like set up with like ghost noises. And hmm. they got like, they were like, why didn't you tell us about this? Or they had one at the Queen Mary, and that one was insane. So they set up in this haunted room, and then they went and they got footage of, like, the covers being pulled. But one of the guys was looking at it, and he's like, there's something very off about this. And he looked at it, and it turned out it was stop motion. So if somebody went through a secret door in the hotel room, they found it later, and they, like, paused the camera. They moved the betchy a little bit, and, you know. So it's like they tried to fake it. And, um, mm-hmm. but a lot of these TV shows probably like, would be like, oh yes, yes. You know, mm-hmm. we caught something. I've, I've wondered about that because I've heard about all these like ghost tourist spots where people go and I've seen YouTube videos where people will like go to them and then they'll think that something has happened. And I always wondered about how much of that was real. But now that you mentioned that, I'm thinking how many of these YouTubers who think that they're going to a haunted place are kind of being scammed into thinking that something supernatural is happening because i always wondered about that when like there's like these famous stories in old hotels where you see like the lady in white walking down the stairs and i'm thinking Mm. maybe somebody's just kind of making that up and then planting evidence (laughs) that people are finding that's really interesting i hadn't really thought about it from that perspective before yeah but you know a lot of ghost stuff is kind of just like you know, how you feel about it at the time. Um, mm-hmm. I admit, I love ghost stories. So when it, yeah, at work, um, at Disneyland, we say it's haunted by a little <laughs> boy named Timmy. And I love creeping newbies out with it. And <laughs> I actually um, kind of scared one so bad she never came back. And I didn't mean to. <laughs> I told, she was missing her glasses. I told her, oh, Timmy must have took them. And she's like, who's Timmy? Oh, no. I was like, he's the little boy that haunts the Haunted Mansion. In the 70s, he, he died, and his mom spread his ashes throughout the ride, and now he's stuck there forever, and sometimes he plays pranks. And she's like, how do I get them back? And this is where I was evil. I was like, oh, you have to ask him. So what, he, he lives under – so um, Haunted Mansion is partially underground, Uh so I told her, go under the attic, which is the darkest part in the whole attraction, um, and ask for your glass back. And then I was like, well, I'm off. Bye. <laughs> no. And I came back the next day, and my coworker was like, did you hear about the girl that asked Timmy for her glasses back? And I was like, I didn't think she'd do it. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so apparently she heard a she heard, you know, Timmy respond. But the thing is, uh, when you're in that area, you hear the hatbox ghost laugh. I'm like, so she probably just heard a sound effect. Oh, no. But I'm really into playing up ghost stories and stuff. I just think it's so much fun. <laughs> so you but I, I never saw her again. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's 
lesson learned. I won't do it before I leave. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. But yeah, uh, we we love ghost stories, uh, and we blame all the rye failures on ghosts. It's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta blame it on something. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, we have this really fun ghost story about uh, Walt's lamp. I don't know if you know about the lamp in Disneyland. Uh, it sounds familiar, but I don't know. I've never been there. I just kind of read about it sometimes. So I don't if know. If you ever come, let me know. But um, he used to stay above the fire department on Main Street. And to let the cast members know he was in the park, he turned this lamp in the window on. Okay, um, yeah. I, yeah. I had heard that. Yeah. So we leave it on all the time because the spirit is always with us, which is, <laughs> if I don't know, that's that's perfect for a ghost story right there. Um, <laughs> and I have been out there, and it, it is actually, like, really heavy for some reason. I don't know what's going on. But, um, but anyway, so – very special people get to clean up there. Um, and so there's this one story about this night custodian who did not know about the story of the lamp, which I, I, I don't know how you can clean the apartment and not know. But they finished cleaning and they turned the lamp off and they left. And they go back on Main Street and they look back and the lamp's on. And they're like, huh, okay, well, I better go back and turn it off. So they went back and um, they turned it off. They went back and because... Um, they're they're done. They look back, and the lamp's back on. And this time, they see someone peering through the window at them. Like, you know, Walt's like, "Why'd you turn off my lamp?" <laughs> <laughs> That's another one of my favorite ghost stories. And supposedly they quit. But um, <laughs> <laughs> stay on. Anyway, sorry. I love ghost stories. Uh, so that's that's one of my big. <laughs> What was the question? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. I went off on a tangent. <laughs> I think we were talking about TV shows and somehow we transitioned into ghosts. I'm stories. so sorry. You can edit this out. <laughs> oh, that's fine. Yeah. So we should probably move on. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the most part, I think you've covered a lot of what I usually talk about for the Q&As. Oh, okay. I guess the only other things are I usually ask if you have any like favorite books or music that you would want to talk about. Um... I feel like I kind of covered books already. Okay. Um, though I, I am into like romances as well. Um, like I like Pride and Prejudice, which is the, the thing everybody likes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I, I like Jane Eyre. Um, I read a lot of fan fiction. I'll admit that. Um, <laughs> um, I used I, to be into fan fiction when I was obsessed with Smallville. Because I wanted more. Oh, no, I've never seen that. That's the, it was on. The CW used to be the WB. It was Superman as a teenager. And oh. for some reason, there was lots of people writing fan fiction about it. And I got, like, heavily involved in that community. That was, like, the only thing that I ever got, like, super into to the point of, like, consuming and writing my own fan fiction. And I don't know what happened to that stuff that I wrote, but I hope it is lost forever. <laughs> <laughs> I still have my account, but I like won't show it to anybody I know. <laughs> like I know people who are like who want to know, and I'm like, no, you will never know. <laughs> but uh, I love I love uh, fan fiction, even the really bad ones. I'm like, yes, give me the weird ships. They're so bad. <laughs> um, one of the weirdest ships uh, that I love that I've ever read is like Dumbledore Dobby. Um, what? Like, 
I don't <laughs> want to know. I would be so disturbed. <laughs> but I love how weird people get. I just, uh, <laughs> like, um, and sometimes I do it well, and I'm like, oh my gosh, you ruined everything because you took this weird ship and you made it good. How do you do it? So it's, <laughs> it's like, how can I look at these characters the same? Um, or, you know, sometimes it's just really, really funny. Um, of course, everyone's heard of this one, but one of my favorite fan fictions will always be My Immortal because it makes me laugh so much. Um, I don't know if you've heard that one. Hmm. It's a really famous bad Harry Potter fan fiction. And um, it's, like, really, really bad. It's She turns everybody into goths and gives them bad goth nicknames. Like, I think um, she renames Harry into Vampire. And Dumbledore curses. And and Hagrid actually literally says, I'm a Satanist. And <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It's really, it's hilarious. Um, it wasn't meant to be taken seriously, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> Um, but yeah, people like love that fanfic. There's like uh, people act that fanfiction out. You can find adaptations of it. Um. <laughs> I didn't get that into fanfiction. I didn't realize that people got that into it. <laughs> oh yeah, especially Harry Potter. Um, I used to be in Harry Potter fanfiction. I used to be in Disney fanfiction until the joint. Then I, I wasn't into Disney category anymore because Jonas Brothers invaded the category and it was all just Jonas Brothers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh no. Um, but yeah. Um, okay. Anyway, so I mean, I read a lot, but it is a lot of fan <laughs> And then I also read a lot of classics because they're just, um, they're all public domain. You can bring them up on your phone and I can just read it on break. So it's really mm -hmm. nice. But yeah, like the last one I read was Pinocchio. And that one was actually surprisingly good, though very, very dark. <laughs> yeah, I vaguely, I like, we read Pinocchio, like, as a family when I was little. And I, re I remember it being very different from the movie. Yeah. I don't remember everything, but I remember a lot of things that I don't know that they really sunk in how dark that they were at the time, because I was pretty young. But thinking back, remembering the different things that happened, I'm like, this doesn't seem like a kid's book. <laughs> <laughs> and yet, and yet it is. I, I don't know. It's children's literature can be amazing. Sometimes my favorite part is when he kills the cricket. <laughs> <laughs> and literally the ghost of it haunts him. So yeah. it's, you know, it's, there's all kind of weird stuff in it, but, uh, and I remember thinking this is really weird, but then there were like a lot of parts that really genuinely made me laugh. Um, I can't remember them right now because it's a long book, but um, mm -hmm. but I definitely recommend it if someone likes a Disney movie and they think they can get into something a little darker with it. I actually think the Disney movie was kind of fair for the time because I understand Pinocchio is a very annoying character. You want to kill him, and when he almost <laughs> dies, you're like, yes, die. <laughs> <laughs> you are so annoying. But... Um, but that's also part of his character arc because later he, he's very annoying, but then he gets not annoying and he actually grows up a little bit and you start to root for him. The Disney one is missing that. He doesn't really grow. Um, mm -hmm. so that's one thing I would say the Disney movie didn't really get, but at the same time, that would have been an extremely annoying movie to watch. Yeah. I don't know if you've ever seen this live action Italian version of it. It's like very famously bad. I can't remember the year or the director for it. 
but um, it was very faithful and it's the Pinocchio is extremely annoying. Like mm. nobody likes it. <laughs> I'll probably find it eventually because Pinocchio yeah. is one on my list to do for the podcast at some point. Yeah, I'm sure there's lots of good versions of Pinocchio out there. That's one version. That's one story I haven't really looked into adaptations for. Mm-hmm. I know there's one coming by Guillermo del Toro that everybody's really? been looking forward to. And I'll Hopefully, be really he does it. To see what he does. Yeah, he he does tend to have like. Is it like in post production? Because he does tend to have like a lot of projects that he. I think so. As he's going to work on, but then doesn't. I, f- I feel like it is. Okay. Because I think I saw some clips or pictures. Oh. It has been That's a little good. bit since I've seen anything from it, but I know that it was in development at some point. I feel like it was for Netflix because Netflix is trying to get into animation big time. Like oh, they're, cool. they w- in the future, they s- just recently said they're wanting to do six animated films a year. From oh, wow. all different directors. Like, they're, they're really trying to get into animation. And I'm pretty sure that was one that has been in production for a while. That'd be nice. And animation, animation doesn't really, like, especially nowadays, the CGI animation, I feel like actually good animation is kind of dying out a little bit. So that's well, nice. I think this one, at least, is going to be stop motion. Oh, that's cool. And that's yeah. especially cool, considering he's a puppet. Yeah. Um, yeah, that sounds awesome. I'll watch mm-hmm. that. <laughs> yeah, no, Netflix, from what I've heard, the, they're planning on doing like a wide variety of styles of animation. Because there's one that I'm really looking forward to based on one of my favorite books from childhood that like nobody has ever heard of called My Father's Dragon. Like I've checked that book out from the library so many times. I loved it so much. And like, I don't think anybody even knows what that is. But I don't. I'm working on an adaptation of it and I'm really excited for it. That's awesome. I'll have to look into that. And that one's going to be hand-drawn, as far as I know. Oh, it's amazing. Hand-drawn animation is dying, sadly. Um, Hand-drawn animation has always been, like, that's that's what I wanted to do when I wanted to be an animator as a kid. I wanted to do Mm hand-drawn. I was like, I don't, mm, no CGI. Mm Hand-drawn. But it's it's really dying out, um, and it's really sad. It's too bad Princess and the Frog for Disney didn't do too well. Yeah. Um, I'm I'm still holding out hope that someday in the future Disney will get back into hand-drawn stuff. I would love that. Um, yeah. Especially since you would think it'd be easier now. Yeah, and they they could do smaller budget stuff for Disney Plus too. Yeah, and it's true. Their recent announcement of like they're going to be focusing on Disney Plus now makes me think that they'll try and do things with smaller budgets and I'm hoping that maybe they'll greenlight some hand-drawn projects. The, they they did one this past year, a few months ago, but it was based on a TV show. It was Phineas and Ferb, the movie Candace Against the Universe, which if you like Phineas and Ferb, highly recommend the movie. It was hilarious. I'll check that's, that out. That's in a while. That's an example of like a hand-drawn animation that they're doing, but it doesn't feel like the same tier as like a, a an original property for their main line of Disney canon films. But it's still hand-drawn. So <laughs> it's something. And it's really funny if you like Phineas and Ferb. It's, it's hilarious. So it's worth watching, for me anyway. Yeah, it's been a while since I watched Phineas and Ferb, but it was hilarious. It was the only good thing left on Disney Channel at the time. Yeah, if, you, if you're familiar with Phineas and Ferb and you have Disney+, Plus, I would go watch, watch the movie. It's really good. I will do that. 
they followed it up. They followed up the series really well. That's good. I didn't even realize they made a movie so much later. Um, yeah, I I think they greenlit it as something that they could have as like a familiar property for Disney Plus because mm. they want, they're trying to launch Disney Plus. Like, I mean, it is launch, but they're trying to get as many people as possible to subscribe. Play to the nostalgia mm. factor a little bit, like yeah, High School Phineas Musical, the musical, been, the show. Yeah, <laughs> I still haven't watched that. I never watched the movie, so I haven't watched the show either. Have you? Did you see the G twenty three announcement for it? It's so funny. Um, because he's like, I the guy's like, I had something special to announce. You all loved High School Musical. Get ready for High School Musical, the musical, the show. Silence. Nobody cheers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like. He's like, oh, they don't get it. It's High School Musical, but they're putting on the musical, and it's a show. <laughs> it's so it, sounds, it sounds fake. Like if so, the, I would fully believe that that was a parody series if I didn't know it was real. I, I think it is. In a way, it, uh, from what I understand, I haven't watched it, but I watched somebody else review it. Um, from what I understand, it kind of knows what it is, so that's okay. good. So it's, it is a tiny bit parody-ish, but it's also like trying to be Glee. Like Disney Glee, oh, okay. um, so it's. I guess it's not as bad as it could be, but it's kind of like, man, read the room. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody who watched High School Musical is kind of grown up, and we're not really into watching teenagers act out High School Musical. I, mm, yeah. Anything the show would be for the younger generation now. <laughs> oh my gosh, I remember like my. And I was in that generation too. I remember everybody like trying to learn the dance moves in my class. And um, I was like, I'm not into that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't dance with y'all. But um, I don't know anybody <laughs> who was genuinely excited to hear about this. Um, and I'm, I know a lot of Disney fans. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Uh, somebody must be watching it because I think they ordered a season two. And they're putting out, I saw like an announcement of a Christmas special. So somebody must be watching. Somebody it. must be watching it. Someone's <laughs> bored in quarantine. That's what's. <laughs> that could that could very possibly be it. <laughs> to be honest, as much as I love Disney Plus, you kind of like start to run out of things after a while, just because the catalog. I, I actually think their catalog is brilliant because I love vintage Disney stuff. But mm-hmm. for a lot of other people, it's kind of like, well, I've watched the animated classics. I've watched the Pixar stuff. I've watched some of the live action stuff, but I don't want to watch all this weird live action stuff from the sixties. Like so it's <laughs> Yeah. I do. Um actually I, I haven't seen most of it. So my boyfriend and I were like watching we have a list of like live action sixties Disney movies to watch that we've never seen before and it's kind of fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um some of it's boring, but some of it's like way better than we thought it would be. So that's mm-hmm. kinda cool. There's um, a lot of hidden gems in that yeah. of Disney movies. Yeah. You know what's fascinating? Have you seen the uh, Musketeers at Walt Disney World, like from the seventies hmm. on Disney Plus? Hmm. I don't know if they fixed it, but when we watched it, they had whoever added it to the catalog of Disney Plus did not take out the ads from the original TV broadcast. So you have, yeah, hmm. so you have non-Disney seventies ads in it, like um. And it's kind of like, yo, this is technically kind of not legal, probably, because they probably didn't get permission from the brands that are still operating to mm-hmm. use their um, ads. But people who did watch it really liked that. Um, that said, though, it's a really bad special. I'm actually surprised it was ever made. 
<laughs> really interesting though. I kind of want to check it out just to see what kind of stuff is in there. It's kind of insane. If you're really into, um, you, you're watching a lot of Disney stuff. I would actually recommend maybe doing live action, like a reshot cam, just being like, because there's a lot of stuff where it's like, what? <laughs> Does this make sense? You know, so it's, um, mm -hmm. yeah, it's really weird. I don't know if you ever watched the 70s Mickey Mouse Club. Hmm. It's kind of a lame Mickey Mouse Club. Nobody wants to remember, but it's not, it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I, eventually I want to do more Disney stuff. I kind of have an idea in the back of my head for a Disney focused podcast, but I have so much going on right now that it's on the back burner, but someday I would like to, because there's so much out there that I want to see so much that I remember from when I was a kid that I haven't seen since I was a kid that I know it would be interesting to go back and watch a whole bunch of this stuff. If you ever it. watch the Disneyland specials, let me know. Like, and you want to you want to guest star? Let me know because I'm like really into Disneyland history. Okay. Um, and the nook and crannies of Disneyland, and I can walk it around it blindfold. So, <laughs> okay. um, so uh, I could tell you like things that are changed. You know, just putting it out there. Um, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, like, you know. I haven't been like super into Disneyland stuff, but mostly because I've never been able to go myself. But I'm interested enough that I'll sometimes watch stuff about it. So I probably will eventually watch that kind of thing. Because I really like learning the history about that period of time. Like when he was building it. Like the Imagineers TV series from Leslie Iwerks. That, I, I like that kind of stuff. So I probably will eventually get into that. And the theming of it is kind of fascinating. Um, and he took so much inspiration from other parks and which Disney doesn't really give enough credit to because they're just kind of like Disneyland is the first theme park ever. And it's like, no, it wasn't, it's, you know, like DeWalt actually went to a lot of other places to get like inspiration for Disneyland. Mm -hmm. um, so I think the evolution of its creation is very fascinating. Mm -hmm. um, and then even after it was finished, it wasn't really done. So that's kind of fascinating as well. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know. There's a lot of fascinating aspects, but I, I could talk a whole podcast just about that. <laughs> don't get, yeah don't get me started on disney <laughs> but, yeah. oh, you, you picked the perfect career path then it sounds like yes yes <laughs> i love my job so much um there are a lot of us being laid off so um but i think i'm okay we'll see hmm. yeah i had read some articles about that Hopefully yeah around <laughs> Yeah, custodial is kind of going to be important when Disneyland does reopen. Yeah. So I, well, that's I'm, what I was going to say. I feel like of all the jobs, you kind of have one of the safer ones. I would think. Yeah, yeah. You don't want to fire too many custodians. Yeah, not not a good look. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I I don't know if I'd feel safe. There's nobody cleaning. <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. If anything, they're going to need more custodians. At least at Disney World, they're having like a de an extra detail team to just wipe mm. everything down. Um. Then another thing I love about Custodial Disneyland is like, because um, a lot of people are like, that's like sweeping and taking out trash. And it's like, yes, but I also get to talk to people and uh, sweep lines. And when people are with me in lines, they can't escape. And <laughs> 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 I just talk to them. No, but it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, and it, I get to do a little bit of everything. I, I love working with all the departments. Um, I love cleaning the rides. Uh, that's one of my favorite parts. Um, I've walked, I've walked a little bit of the Alice ride, and that's kind of fun. And um, fortunately, not the whole thing. I would love to do the whole thing. 
But <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, I love my job. Hopefully, I keep it. Yeah, it's always good to love what you do. That's yeah, kind of rare sometimes. It is. Uh, that's part of also like you know I don't get paid a lot and everything, but I feel like I get paid in joy. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, so it's like. I don't know. You should love what you do is what I think. And if you don't, you know, of course I understand you have to work Mm -hmm. like, but just keep looking for something you do enjoy. Yeah. You know, it's like, and yet people hate it. I have coworkers who hate working at Disneyland and they hate kids. And I'm like, just, why are you here? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you here? Get out. (laughs) Anyway, sorry. That was a lot of rambling. (laughs) The last question that I always ask people is what is the first movie you remember seeing in theaters? Oh my goodness. I think actually, Oh wait. Okay. No, I was going to say snow white. Cause there was like a re-release of snow white at that time, but no, I actually, no. Um, the earliest I can remember is hunchback. Maybe that's part of why I got so obsessed with it. Um, <laughs> Because I was a little too young to see Lion King, but um, I was born in '92, um, so to uh, yeah, I'm gonna go with Hunchback. That's bizarre to me. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I think that was actually '95, '95, '96. Yeah, all right, we're gonna go with that. That's the only earliest I can remember. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, I suppose we could probably get into the main point of the episode <laughs> that's right <laughs> <laughs> i have all night so i don't care how long okay all right trails. <laughs> that's that's good it's like only six thirty three here and I, I stay up till like one so <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much to jenna for joining me if you want more from her i'll have her links in the description below and like i said at the beginning come back next week on every version ever and of course wonderland wednesday on youtube for more from both of us next week we're going to be talking about i think at least eight different versions of alice in wonderland or things that are in some way related to alice from a wide variety of places and time periods and then the week after that we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of different anime adaptations if you're an alice fan you don't want to miss these episodes so we'll see you then thanks for listening